live from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are your hosts and judges, Katie Clay Houseman and Chris Dockham Castle. Katie, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to be here for more of our summer of fun. Uh, this is the first podcast that I am recording in a brand new apartment. So Woo! these respective apartments are different. Ooh. Today, we are going to be talking about a movie that Katie feels so many feelings about. She cares all the things about. Uh, she will always hate Bindi Irwin and Derek Huff for tarnishing the legacy of. We're talking about the classic Correct. film, Dirty Dancing. Now I had the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear it's a truth. And I owe it all to you. Cause I film that does have a long like history within Dancing with the Stars too. We have already seen Kenny Ortega make a guest appearance in the what season was it? Season 3? We've got season 11 alum Jennifer Grey. I mean this makes a lot more sense than Swing Time, Chris. <laughs> you mean that the corpse of Fred Astaire didn't appear on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> Never, never. And I guess Derek was more like always fawning over Gene Kelly. So I feel like we don't really ever get references to Fred and Ginger, which how dare. Anyway, because <laughs> this is a movie that spawns so many feelings with friends of mine, we have a very special third chair joining us today. Katie, why don't you introduce the woman? Joining us today is a good, dear friend of Chris's. It is Alex Restrepo Houseman in the house on the pod. Hello, lovely people. It is quite literally an honor to be here. I did not realize I was the first ever third host of the show. So this is a big deal. I am I am honored. So since you're both housemen's, which of we're you is siblings. which which of you is which sister oh no we're not gonna do that to each other because we I all mean... oh that's the sort of thing that we always do here no we all know that nobody likes i'm literally not even remembering her name right now because i don't like her that much it's lisa lisa thank you i literally i can't tell you katie how much i dislike lisa wow like, i mentally block her out of the film you don't even know her name what an expert on dirty dancing you are <laughs> Please shut up. I literally cannot explain to you. Christopher, you watched it with me. You saw my disgust for her. I cannot stand Lisa. She's the absolute worst. There are no redeeming moments with Lisa, except for that one moment towards the end when they're about to go to the final show. And she's like, I'll do your hair for you, baby. Which is also a backhand 
ended comment with the way she's like, you're prettier your way. <laughs> like, it's like, even when she's trying to be like redeeming and nice and we're supposed to like her, she absolutely sucks. So we I don't mean, like Lisa. I think, I think we have to appreciate the scene of her auditioning for the talent show though and her little Hawaiian song that she is just putting her heart and soul into okay christopher was like defending it too much when we were watching that it wasn't horrific she just needed more air support he's literally (laughs) yeah he's coming at this as like a technical way i'm like christopher it's objectively bad it's objectively a train wreck (laughs) and he was like he was like he was like defending her i'm like please stop defending lisa no i can i can like yes it needed improvements but i could tell you how easily you fix it um anyway okay katie introduce this movie then to the people in case they've never heard of what dirty dancing is so dirty dancing is a 1987 i want to say cult classic but it might have been a box office success too it was about well actually i think chris you are the one who is going to have to do a summary for us because i got to summarize swing time so i would love to hear (laughs) your summary Dirty Dancing. Um, So, how, let's play a quick game. How much money was budgeted for this film? Like, how much did they spend on I nerded up on this, guys. I don't think you understand how hard I went into the Dirty Dancing paint this week. So, the budget was just over $5 million. Ooh. I was going to guess Which it was, I did not realize this either, an independent film. I did not realize it was an independent film that was expected to potentially even be a straight to DVD release. I mean, not DVD, obviously, Um, straight to video release. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was like a a dark horse that ended up being this like massive sensation. All right, Katie, then if Alex already knows, let's see if you can figure out. Katie, how much money do you think it made at the box office? Like, I'm going to go with Katie, just think of the sexual power of Patrick Swayze when you answer this question. I'm going to go with like a hundred million because I feel like that's a lot back in the day. So at the time, like not through re-releases worldwide, Mm -hmm. it made about $170 million. Of course it did. Of course it did. Patrick Swayze. That's all I have to say. Since then, it has a... um, total box office of about 214.6 million as it should pretty good um it was the first it was the first film to sell a million copies on video um like it as of 2005 it was selling a million dvds per year they had sold over 10 million as of 2007 like three of those dvds are me it it remains a very popular film um so the film to give a couple other statistics about it. Um, it was written by Eleanor Bergstein, uh, directed by Emile Ardolino, of course stars Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. Uh, it also features the incomparable, the fabulous Jerry Orbach, who we stan, <laughs> we love. And Kelly Bishop. Yeah, put some respect on Emily Gilmore's name. Thank you. Thank you. And I just found out recently in my research that she actually was not cast as Baby's mother. She was a last minute replacement after one day of filming the woman who was cast 
could not take the insane humidity and was like literally passing out multiple <gasps> times like during the first day of filming like we literally can't do this we're an independent film we can't stop filming every 20 minutes because this woman can't stand the heat so she literally like had to leave the movie after one day of filming and that kelly bishop insane. got swapped in from another role she had been cast and i'm sure it was obviously something very small and she became mrs houseman hmm. iconic iconic truly i think she gets it from me oh iconic oh my goodness I just want to make sure this is clear guys right off the bat because I I have listened to previous episodes I love and support you both but I am not like a technical dance heavy person mm-hmm. I am That's a we dirty dancing heavy person so yes. most of my commentary slash conversation I will be interested in will be centered around Patrick Swayze his body and this film but not so much the dances. I will not have very articulate and nuanced opinions about the technique of dance. Let's put it that way. I'm sure at some point I will have to defend something with you, Katie, against Christopher, because I think we should also now get into the background of how this dynamic trio came to be. Clearly, we have no structure here because I thought I was still talking about the background of the movie. But sure, let's talk about me. Let's talk about me. Let's talk about the problematicness of Christopher's taste. So we all went to the University of Iowa. Mm -hmm. And this is where Christopher and I's fates crossed. And one evening after we had become friends, he came to my apartment. And I don't know what exactly it was but we decided to watch dirty dancing i'm sure it was i i'm sure it was something like i had somehow come up that i'd never seen it and you were like well we must watch it right now and i'm sure i was like this is not Mm -hmm. the time to watch a movie i'm not in the mood all these things and you're like no we must stop everything and do it so then you put yes I know you well enough to know that's going to be exactly what happened. So like, she puts the movie in and I, again, not in the move to just sit down and watch a nearly two hour film. So defensive already. So defensive. So like I fell asleep while watching it. And that apparently was so offensive to Alex Restrepo. Katie Clay. To Katie as well. I also love the fact that, um, at some point, maybe, like, the first time that you, the two of you had, like, interacted with each other, like, both of you independently of one another, and, like, messaged me and were like, I don't like how protective of you she seemed. And both of you were, like, <laughs> anti the other. Yeah, so, were, like, Katie and I so, never so, actually so. spoke and or met in any virtual sense, even, until I organized Christopher's Zoom, COVID Zoom surprise party. Which is where this fact that Christopher fell asleep during Dirty Dancing came out, which is when Katie and I realized we are birds of a feather and that we are soul sisters and that Christopher is the problematic friend in this trio, not (laughs) Katie or I. So we had this bonding moment realizing that we both have phenomenal taste in film and men. um, Of course. Dancing and Patrick Swayze, respectively. And Christopher does not. And so he was scolded on his own birthday party in front of, I don't know how many people were in that Zoom call. In front of a lot of people. (laughs) But Katie and I did not hold back whatsoever. No. And we have bonded ever since. 
And that's how we got to this as moment. good movies do. Yes, as good movies do. I mean, when you meet someone who is so enthusiastic about a movie that you love so dearly, it's like, how can you not? How can you not just be like, oh, we're best friends now. Chris is dead to us. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, a light synopsis, because I will not go plot beat by plot beat. I'm like some co-hosts when talking about movies um hey my plot summary of swing time was phenomenal christopher it was good but it was not what i intended i listened to it and i enjoyed it thank you thank you so you're welcome in 1963 pre-kennedy assassination which is uh, specifically noted. Yes. See, I'm doing a good job. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Gray's family goes to the Catskills, to the Borscht Belt. It's unclear whether or not she's Jewish. Um, <laughs> Which I'm resentful about. I pointed this out, Katie. At, let's just preface this, y'all, with I am a Jew. So <laughs> anything that I say is cloaked under the protection of being a chosen person. Anything <laughs> I say is problematic. Yes, yes. exactly. Automatically anti-Semitic. And uh, Jennifer Grey, baby, is going to go to college in the fall. And she goes to, like, you know, have just a normal summer in the Catskills. Well, uh, it's important to uh, know. Excuse me, I'm giving a plot summary. It's important and so she she's, she's joining she, no, the Peace No, Corps. no, no. Anyway, so... She's all like idealized and blah, blah, blah. And her father is Jerry Orvach, who's like the best. And <laughs> she falls in with some of the staff members of the resort who include Patrick Swayze, who's like m- maybe a little too old to be here, but whatever. Um, and so he and a really impressive blonde do dancing things and like she's fabulous but uh-oh she's pregnant and she's unwed and the father's a douche canoe and so um, and it's not patrick swayze and uh, and all this would take is just like a little bit of like somebody says oh by the way patrick swayze isn't the father and this would clear up like the last hour of the movie we'll get anyway anyway <laughs> um so jennifer gray is like all hot and bothered and then ends up being like okay i'll help i'll pay for the under the table procedure that sh- she has to get and i will take over her dancing spot in the meantime and so she and patrick swayze get closer together um, but Jerry Orbach is like, no, I found out that she paid, like, I gave baby money that went to an abortion, how dare, and it seems, because again, people just aren't clearing up what can be done in one sentence, <laughs> um, like, I hate Patrick Swayze, stay away from my daughter, and Jennifer Grey's like, no, I slept with him, and he's like, how dare you? <laughs> So literally then, does not happen and so the then no that happens that she did not happens. say i slept with him okay she says i was there all night and what does that mean and so he goes and sits by in a 1963 lake. it he, could mean a sits, lot of things and he sits by a large body of water and is stoic about it and so then <laughs> And so then the last hour of the movie just again continues to just 
be way too long. And then in the end, Patrick Swayze is like, nobody puts baby in a corner. And then they dance together and Jerry Orbach is like, oh, wow, I was wrong all along, even though Alex is like all bitter about the way that's done. And she's incorrect. But Jerry Orbach is like, I'm not incorrect. I, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And he made it clear like, hey, Patrick Swayze, I support you now. And so they dance and everybody's happy. The end. That's Dirty Dancing. That was the worst, worst summary of Dirty Dancing I've ever heard. Katie, was, do you think that was a terrible summary of Dirty Dancing? Honestly, I like was very here for the summary. I think the biggest caveat is that you keep saying that it was the longest hour of like the ending. That takes place for the last like 20 minutes, if that. Okay. It's literally, I went back because my mother and I watched this together last night. And my mother, we get done with the movie and she goes, I want to go back and hear what she, what she said to her father. So we rewound to about the 20 minute mark, like from the end. Okay. That's when she like reveals that they slept together. But like, yeah. I, I will say this. No, that's not when they slept together. Yes. When yes. she reveals yes. that. Yes, it like that is. Anyway. No, it's the dinner at the dinner table she reveals that she was with him all night when he's about to get fired by Max, the yeah. D-bag who owns Kellerman's. Anyway, um so I've been kind of doing as I like to do. I've been doing an antagonistic bit over the past few days with both Alex and Katie. Yes. And they have clearly come in firing being like, "Well, Chris hated this, blah blah blah." I didn't hate this. Movie. I knew you didn't hate it. I literally liked it. snapped during it. You snapped during it and laughed at humorous parts. I knew you liked it. Probably more than you wanted to. I, okay, here's the thing. In the first about half of the movie to the first hour, I really liked it. I was like, this is really good. And then the next 40 to 50 minutes, are just like so can i ask at what point at what point in the movie like at what scene where yes. you kind of like i'm over this or however um honestly it was after jerry orbach helps impressive blonde dancer after her abortion from then on the movie just dragged like i liked that scene i liked the oh jerry orbach's mad at patrick swayze now uh, like that but after that i was just like okay it feels like most of the plot of this movie is done I, and i remarked about that to alex while we were watching it together i was like it feels like the movie should be about done and we have let a little less than half the running time left and part of it is because there is far less dancing in the second half of the movie like yes as i was typing it like i am getting over this movie is when they have like that next rehearsal sequence um that alex was like yes this is great and it's like one of the iconic ones and they like say names at each other and then like dance like i was like okay finally we get another dance scene but it, like it just, it, it, for me, the last 40-ish minutes just dragged. So what you're saying is you just need to constantly have intravenous dancing in order to be interested. Well, I think it also didn't help that truly it became an idiot plot. It became, as long as one, as long as, 
as long as like a couple people just say a couple sentences to clear things up okay. everything would be there fine. is a deeper meaning behind this okay if you would listen to the podcast the film podcast that i tell you about all the time the bechdel cast shout out to them their episode of dirty dancing covers this point thoroughly which is that the overall one of the overall themes of this film is integrity right that is a huge theme of the film and part of integrity is not talking about other people's business when it's not your business to talk about which is why they do not disclose a that she's pre penny's pregnant that's not a choice that patrick or penny makes it's what's his face the cousin who lets her know and it's because she found her crying in the kitchen when she was with neil while and I two, then it's not their business to tell baby's dad who knocked her up. Patrick Swayze I says he's responsible for her because he is her best friend and has been yes. looking over her since they were kids. If Jerry Orbach wants to be a D-bag and make assumptions, that is not Patrick's fault. And he has integrity and is not going to throw her under the bus and talk about who she has or has not been sleeping with because it's not his place and nor is it baby's. While which is I why this that, happens. While I understand that, it does become, he says, I'm responsible for her. And Jerry Orbach is like, Okay, well, obviously you're the father. How dare? And all of this just it, and it, it, it drives becomes, home the point that just, we make assumptions about yes, people. But the thing is, that's not 50, like 40, 50 minutes worth of plot is just, oh, by the way, him saying he's responsible for her does not mean he's okay, the father. The and that is 40, 40 minutes, minutes of, of the, plot. No, that is not all that's yes, happening. Yes, it is. Oh what? Okay, what other you, things happen. What do you other them smashing in his cab and being all sexy and being Sylvia and Mickey? Get out of here. You are wrong. You are objectively wrong. There is way more that happens than just besides Jerry Orbach being like, you're, I'm disappointed in you, baby. You're not the person I thought you were. But they've taken, at that point, that means they've taken the A plot because that is the A plot of the movie. And the A plot has like one or two beats left to go by the time we hit 40 to 50 minutes left in the movie. So everything else that happens, other trappings, other dance scenes, all this feels like filler because we really only have one or two plot beats left to resolve by the time it happens. So again, you're making me be angry about this movie at the both of you, and I didn't want to be. Katie. I'm not saying anything. I, I know that's... Uh, that's Katie. I was not here to be mad at you. I was saying so. Katie, go ahead and take this over. You say what Alex you think because I'm ready to fight at Dawn. Alex. So, Katie, okay. you talk about your feelings on Dirty Dancing. What I think is interesting is that the movies that we picked are almost like the flip of each other because my movie has dancing like off the bat. Like we're four mm. minutes in and we're at a dance class and we're getting lessons from Penny and it's wonderful. And then we have a big chunk at the end where we have like 20 minutes where there's no dancing. And then we end with a phenomenal finale dance, which is very very similar to the movie that you made me watch but it did make me kind of giggle because i was like oh chris made me wait 20 minutes for a dance scene i made chris wait four minutes i'm so much more generous not even katie the opening sequence is dancing it's just oh, shot yeah. in slow motion with a filter but yeah the so that's, that's not dancing. dancing it is <laughs> 
It is dancing. They it's just like, slowed it's down like the footage. Still images. No, it is not. I literally watched an entire interview of them talking about the opening Honestly, sequence I don't and care filming enough about it. This to like really care. <laughs> anyway, it is dancing. Katie, yeah, you made I, him wait zero seconds for the record. I gave it to you right from the jump. I gave you dancing, and there I is gave also it to you. No blackface. The only black man in this is actually black. Let's just note that. <laughs> Let's just note that. And he is a phenomenal tap dancer, which is not displayed enough in this film, might I add. And I wanted to touch on that because yes, Chris, yes, yet another movie with tap dancing. And oh boy, does our next movie have an iconic tap dancing as well? But we're we're gonna we are gonna get to that tease by the end of this episode. But I am put so a, pumped. Put a pin in that. Boop. Um. So let me ask both of you. And I think it's clear what your answers are going to be. So I'll ask Katie, then I'll ask Alex, because we'll ask the older sister, then the younger younger sister first. Um, what is your favorite dance number in this movie? The finale. Why is it your favorite? It's iconic. And like, it's, they're actually able to really emote in that one. Um, I think my second favorite is the I carried a watermelon scene where she gets to see the dirty dancing for the first time. I think that both of those, there's just a lot more emotion behind it. Whereas when they do the routine at the other hotel, I mean, she's nervous. He's nervous. They're a little stiff, but the finale is just, it's everything. It's everything you could ever want. Yeah, this is a very loaded question for me because uh, this is, I think, the greatest film soundtrack of all time. So for me, most of the great music that I am obsessed with since I was a child, because I literally grew up on this film, is the dance scenes. So it's like picking children at this point for me. But I do agree with Katie that the Do You Love Me scene where she's carrying in the watermelon where they're playing the contours and this like whole new world of quite literally dirty dancing gets revealed is pretty amazing and yes. Katie I think we talked about this separately but like probably ignited both of our sexual awakenings as human beings yes. ew. so yes. don't ew <laughs> get out of here so this is a that family one, podcast oh is it is it so that one is a, means a lot for me, but also the Hungry Eyes montage where they're getting all sensual and sexy and then they do the arm tracing thing, which I found out wasn't actually acting. It was like real. Yeah, and it was, he was, it was genuinely... literally her laughing and he was genuinely pissed off at her. You it's can kind so of endearing. see, you can kind of see his eyes like definitely looking off camera at one point because you can tell he's looking at someone like, can you get her under control? He said it was like 25 takes. And yeah. I also read the chapter in his book last night about them filming this. And he said he was one of those people that was like very like, I don't want to do multiple takes. Let's just do it. Let's go. He was like super into that. And like sometimes Jennifer was very giggly and he was just like not on that wavelength and it would like get under his skin. Mm -hmm. So you can see that in that, but I love that. Mm -hmm. So both of those are pretty up there for me too. But of course the final scene I've had the time of my life is also just pure gold the dress 
the choreography, the lift, which will happen at my wedding in some shape or form. It's just, it's, it's everything. I'm about to make a bold choice for my favorite dance in the film. Shocking. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. Uh, the choice that I have does not include Jennifer Grey. Uh, my choice for the best dance in the film is Penny and Johnny doing the mambo at the resort. Yeah. That, Which like, is iconic still. I truly, truly the moment I got in it, like, we need to shout out Cynthia Rhodes, the actress yes. who plays Penny. She, like, her kicks... The way she, like, flared her leg out. I mean, how she was moving her dress. Like, he had such control. I mean, I love that the dance got bigger as it went along. I loved how they framed the dance and they, like, shot the dance both in this scene and in others. That, like, usually in a dance movie, like, if you think of West Side Story, when they do those mambos, it becomes everybody circles around them and stands and watches. And in Dirty Dancing... Yes, there's space for our dancers kind of in the center cleared out just a little bit, but they have dancers all along the edges who are actually still dancing. So like your Mm -hmm. do you love me scene, there are still people dancing. It still feels like they're on an actual dance floor. So I really enjoyed that framing, but the mambo was so good. And you know, we love mambos. Mambo, go! Go! She's also just like, her body, everything about her. She's so good. But I didn't realize uh, Patrick Swayze's wife, Lisa, auditioned for that role. But the reason why... Yeah, so the reason why she didn't get it is because she didn't have that same star power. So she didn't get it. And um, Eleanor thought she like, she had to have Patrick Swayze because she has a brain. And she's like, we, we, need, the, we need him to be our Johnny. And she apparently was afraid that he was going to make it a condition like, no, my wife is going to be Penny or I'm not doing this movie. And Patrick Swayze said in his book, he's like, I didn't even think like I didn't have that kind of ego thinking I had that kind of power, you know, to like make that kind of threat to do that. Otherwise, honestly, I probably would have because I think (laughs) she would have been amazing in it because she's a professional dancer. Him and him and his wife are are both classically Mm -hmm. trained dancers and so even in the audition room with jennifer gray apparently he was using lisa to show jennifer the lift that they ended up doing during the audition but he basically was very polite and was like but yeah no she's still great (laughs) well that feels like one thing i also enjoyed about this movie is once they say okay jennifer gray you're taking over you're gonna dance for penny you're gonna do this it wasn't like an immediate like oh my gosh she's so great and honestly the movie never tries to play that she's better than penny um no like they kind of make it clear yeah she is kind of an awkward dancer it's not just an easy thing and i i liked their training montages i liked the way they did that i was a big fan but since you were talking about casting let's bring up some interesting (laughs) things that i saw here are a couple names that were out there to be baby other than Jennifer Grey. Mm-hmm. Uh, two actresses up for the role or considered for the role included Sarah Jessica Parker and Winona Ryder. Okay, one of those makes sense. <laughs> Sarah, SJP makes sense to me. Yes, because she was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Well, she was, was in, she was in Annie on Broadway. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I'm thinking 80s dance films. Well, okay. but actually, I don't know if that preceded or no it did it did precede this movie um it was yeah Win- winona is a very different choice um but, but she like, is could, jewish i could low-key see winona like when you said it i was like whoa and then i was like wait a minute like maybe i just they're they're one person to me baby and johnny are jennifer gray and patrick to me they they are not Absolutely. one without the other and so here Absolutely, is. Absolutely, which is why we hate Derek. And so here, <laughs> here are a couple names considered for Johnny. Uh, yeah, so Benicio del Toro and Val Kilmer were both considered for Johnny, which are bonkers choices. But so here is somebody who legitimately screen tested with Jennifer Grey. I think you're going to say the name that I was Which is say. a connection to another movie Katie and I adore. Also, so like literally screen testing with Jennifer Grey, although they felt that their chemistry did not meet expectations. This has got to be who I'm thinking. Yeah. Star of Titanic. Yes. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes this is who i was gonna say it is so ridiculous jennifer gray <laughs> described him during the audition as very marlon brando oh and, my god and she thought that he was gonna get it until she screen tested with patrick and then she's like oh this is it i'm shook i am shook well what i also love is billy zane is 14 years younger than Patrick Swayze. So wait, what? Also... Really? Yes. I'm sorry. It's just Hawkeye magic, I guess, with Patrick Swayze then, because not can't even hold a candle. Can't even no. hold a candle. That movie honestly probably wouldn't have gone anywhere if Billy Zane was Johnny. I'm gonna be honest. No hate on Billy Zane. I like Billy Zane, but it would not have the the mag that it has with Patrick Swayze. But Alex, he put the necklace in the coat. And he put the coat on the girl! Shut <laughs> I have a child! I don't I don't I don't know why I did that line. I don't know why I did that line. Like um uh Jewish comedian, um the maybe he's not Jewish. Wow, anti-Semitic. Um, um Wow. Who was um who was the original nutty professor? Eddie Murphy? No, like, uh, not the remake one. Oh, I didn't even know that was a remake. Oh, yeah, I thought that was the real one. <laughs> I was a child in the 90s, so that was the Nutty Professor for me. Yeah. Jerry Lewis. I don't know why I was doing Jerry Lewis <laughs> as Al <laughs> in Titanic. <laughs> I just watched, like, a C-list movie with Billy Zane as the crazy father, and... So I just feel like that also is impacting this opinion a little more. I can't like, imagine Billy Zane doing a C-list movie. Exactly. So how when, the mighty have fallen. When are we going to get Billy Zane on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> oh my God. And for his most memorable year week, he can talk about the trauma of not getting Dirty Dancing. Honestly, can you imagine? Can you imagine that being on your I almost got it list? That's pretty brutal. It was really hard. I just wanted to, I was having such a difficult life because I wanted to be an actor and it wasn't working out. 
And then I lost out on Dirty Dancing and it went on to be such an iconic movie. And then, and then I put the necklace in the coat and I put the coat on her. Speaking of missing out, right before Dirty Dancing, Jennifer Grey missed out on Flashdance. She like screen tested like 12 times. Like she was literally like in the final round of being the lead in flash dance and she lost it she wow. said that was like super brutal for her but then she got this right after i would so, think in my realm speaking my truth dirty dancing <laughs> is a better or like more well-known movie than flash dance but oh, i don't for know if that's sure. true. yes i would agree because i think dirty dancing has like kept a reputation that yeah. flash dance hasn't well, also, something we haven't really talked about yet is that this film has multiple mature themes for both the 80s and the 60s that is handled quite wokely, might yeah. I say. Like, yes. abortion and reproductive rights are handled in a very non-emotional and logical way, which for the 60s is unheard of. Yeah. And for the 80s, even, is pretty unheard of. Because mm-hmm. this came out during the Reagan era and it was like strategically making like a statement at the yeah. time, which was a big deal for a film. And on top of that, it, it deals with classism. Mm-hmm. It deals with a lot of like themes that I feel like most 80s movies just did not go that deep. Like if it was a dance movie, it was a dance movie. Like, yeah, there mm-hmm. was some like, oh, I hate my parents or people don't understand me. I'm weird or whatever, like the little quirk in the plot is but like this actually deals with like legitimate themes that hold up to this day and I think that's another reason why it resonates with so many people is because it wasn't just a dance movie yes it was so much more I think another great theme of the movie is how great Jerry Orbach is which brings us (laughs) to a debate that was brought up before I'm gonna let Katie speak on this first because obviously I have opinions Alex has opinions so in the end of the movie, like nobody puts baby or no one, whichever of the two words puts baby in a corner. And Jerry Orbach is like, oh, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Does Jerry Orbach actually apologize to Patrick Swayze? Is that an apology is really what Chris is asking. Is he is he apologizing to Patrick Swayze in that moment? Or is he admitting he that, that he is wrong when he says that? I need to think about what he says before that because he says, I know you weren't the one that got Penny in trouble. Yeah. And, and then, then he says, Patrick just kind of like nods at him. And, and then, then he says, when like, I'm wrong, I say I'm I wrong. I say that I'm wrong. And, and that's he all he look, says. And then he said, you look beautiful out there. Yeah, to baby. I think by society standards at that time, I don't know if it could be deemed as an apology. Is that the question? Is it an apology? Well, is he admitting that he was wrong? No, I think not he's necessarily admitting that, it's an that he was wrong. I think he's admitting he was wrong. I don't think that he technically apologized, but I think him him saying, I know you were the one that, that didn't, I know you were not the one that got Penny in trouble. And then kind of turning to his daughter and being like you were beautiful out there which is like saying I'm okay with this relationship I think is him admitting that he's wrong I don't think that was on the nose enough of what Christopher wanted you to oh, say oh no I think that it dismantled what <laughs> that you were saying that is not what day. you were saying 
no. Okay, so for me, if if the lines were reversed, I'd be more on board, right? If he said, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I know you were the one that, you weren't the one that got Penny in trouble. That feels more like an acknowledgement. Whereas like, he's like, I know you didn't get in trouble. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And then literally doesn't say like, okay, so say you're wrong. He like, did. You literally, he no, he did. did though. He did in a stubborn machismo. Men can't have emotions or be open about anything way. He didn't say, okay. And with that, I was wrong. I'm sorry. He I misjudged did say he was you. wrong. No, he never said the Let's words. I was wrong, I Christopher. In this movie. I, I love this character. I loved him. So good. Course by course. One by one. Have you ever seen the video of Jerry Orbach recording Be Our Guest? No. No. It is. You're the only person iconic. probably that I know that I call Nick. You have to send it to me because I want to see that. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, send it to us. Um, because, of course, Angela Lansbury is also in the booth. Dame Angela Lansbury. Oh, that sounds amazing. But either way, he's still a stubborn old problematic man in that scene. <laughs> agree to disagree i just don't think they could ever say the words like i was wrong like i just don't think that they were capable that's that's what i mean though it's like maybe for that time but that's not a true apology especially in today's like you if you were that if you were johnny and someone said that to you you'd be like okay and like that wouldn't be the end of the conversation that would be like the preface of the apology which has always bothered me. I'm like, okay, Jerry, so go ahead and say you were wrong. <laughs> well, maybe the this... other thing that I don't like is like, we are holding him to quote unquote, those standards, yeah. but he's not a man of that era for the most part. Like he wants his daughters to go to college. He wants his daughter to change the world. Yes, there's some contradictions in there, but for the most part, he's a very woke father for 1963. Maybe so, this just says a lot also... about me then, because I just... <laughs> I hear You're that and like, that's an apology. Right? Let's just that's how finish. I would apologize because that's what I would be able to do. We've been so. friends for how many years here? I, I think it's time we rip off this bandit. You're a problematic person, Christopher Dockham. Uh Katie has well established that on the pod. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well I chose I picked a movie with blackface in it last week. So Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm aware. Again, going back to this film does not have blackface, so automatically no. superior. And also has a real black person in it with phenomenal talent on display. Again, for too short amount of time, but Dino is there. I love him. Do you have sheet music to this stuff? <laughs> okay i'm glad that you said that katie because i watched it again last night and i literally don't think i've ever noticed that line i don't think i've ever (laughs) noticed that line and i was like what a weird thing for them to have included of all the things that probably ended up on the cutting room floor like the fact that that made it is fascinating to me i loved Mm -hmm. that bit because i've so one thing i did think was weird Alex, you're not going to like what I'm about to say, Uh-oh. considering okay. things you've said myself. about this movie's soundtrack. I do think it's kind of a vaguely strange choice that they use so many songs accurate to the time period from the 60s, but then throw in 80s music song. as well. Yeah. Um, especially like, 
okay, it would, I would get it if they're doing like 80s music for montages or scenes where they're not like dancing to it. But then obviously like I've had the time of my life is an 80s song. But I really enjoy that they show the band playing that song as though they are playing to a song that like clearly has a drum machine, which would yeah. not have been like, <laughs> like synth synthetic like, oh, music is you happening. Have, you sure. have sheet music to this? And they're like, oh yeah, we definitely have this 80s drum yes. track playing. So that's why I said that I'm glad Katie brought it up because I literally had never noticed it. And I think that that line draws unnecessary attention yes. to the point that you are making, Christopher, which is a valid point. <laughs> which is that of all of the songs, that's truly the only one that's very 80s besides Hungry Eyes, which again is technically, I think we're led to believe that it's non-diegetic music, yeah. that that's not necessarily the music they're dancing to in those scenes mm -hmm. that we're seeing them dance. Uh, so yeah, that's the only one where there's diegetic music and it's very clearly not from the era <laughs> that they are existing yeah. in. Which is a valid criticism, but I don't care enough because the song's so good. Yeah. It's just so good. So, Alex, I guess we'll begin with you. Then we'll go to me and then Katie. Um, we'll get a sandwich uh, of feelings. So, Alex, <laughs> final thoughts on Dirty Dancing. I'll I'm give, prepared for this. I'll give each person one minute of uninterrupted like i will not interrupt y'all which means that y'all will not interrupt me <laughs> uh a final minute of i get it i'll shut up okay <laughs> god it's okay. nice to not be the one to interrupt people <laughs> on this podcast it's it's ingrained in my dna all right like I, i'm i'm half latina half jewish there's no way you're not getting interrupted by me at some point <laughs> in an hour time all right it's just especially yeah especially our dynamic it's just not happening you knew what you were getting into when you invited me onto this let's just be clear anywho my final thoughts um i would like to thank you both for inviting me onto this because I had not truly examined this film's relationship with my life truly up until this week. And wow, is it intertwined with my existence pretty deeply. I think it's risen to the top tide with Breakfast Club for like favorite film of all time. And it's by far more integrated into the fabric of my existence for sure than the breakfast club is because i did not see that till i was a teenager and i literally can't even tell you how old i was when i saw dirty dancing because i was that young so i love this movie i'm obsessed with it i know way more about it now than i did last week but i want to end with a review I wrote in the seventh grade that I sent to Katie last night for a project I did, which was basically just a book about things about myself that I loved. So I wrote a review of this film. Uh, so this is my page on Dirty Dancing by a no, 12-year-old Alex, 2007, seventh grade, the end of seventh grade. Wouldn't it be Dirty funny if I really kept to the, I give you one minute and then cut you off as you're yes, about to Yes, it would. <laughs> But it's not happening. So, Dirty Dancing is one of all caps, the best movies of all time, exclamation point. On May 1st and 2nd, 2007, Dirty Dancing came out in theaters again for its 20th anniversary. My ticket stub is taped to this sheet. It's not, I think it's in one of my boxes now. Um, <laughs> because of course I had to go see it. 
It was my only chance to go see it in theaters. Who doesn't want to see Patrick Swayze wet and half naked? Two question marks. It is a wonderful romance filled with drama and passion. On a scale of one to 10, I give it 9,000. Thank you for your time. I stand by every word written in this review to this day. It has aged phenomenally well. And that is that. I love that that was for school. Oh, well, yes, of course. When she sent it to me via Instagram, I thought that the score out of 10 was a 9.0 out of 10. And so I was like, honestly, I'm so shocked that it only got 9 out of 10 for you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, 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 girl, that says (laughs) (laughs) 9,000. Which is, of course, my brand to go way above and beyond what is necessary to drive my point home. Absolutely. So I will give me one minute. I'm not even going to use my full minute. Um, Of course you're not. My final thoughts on Dirty Dancing. If it wasn't clear, I did enjoy it more than I thought I was going to. And yes, maybe I've been trying to be antagonistic for joy. And I've been antagonistic about this movie beforehand out of personal joy towards Katie and towards Alex. Um, It is a fun movie. It's much better in the first half. I enjoy the dancing. I enjoy things about it. I stand Jerry Orbach now and forever. Uh, Jennifer Grey is delightful in it. It made me want to watch Ferris Bueller again. Uh, It also made me sad that she and Clark Gregg got divorced this year, but like, whatever. Um, My mom and I found that out. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I I know, I know. No, no, it's appropriate because like, it's very sad. And the question is, so who keeps Jamie Lee Curtis as a friend? Jennifer. I mean, yes, but I'm like, poor Clark Gregg. Anyway, so like, I'm glad it's a movie that means a lot to both of you. I enjoyed it. I still think the last hour or like 50, 40 minutes need to be restructured. But like, you know what? Good for this movie. Good for y'all. There you have it. All right, Katie, I guess you can have like as much time as you want to soapbox about this film. So... A quick caveat story time is that last night my mother and I watched it together because I was like, I know this movie like the back of my hand, but let's just make sure it's nice and fresh. And then we get done and I say, mom, let me show you her dance that she did when they did the I Carried a Watermelon scene on Dancing with the Stars. So we pull that up. At the end, they show her husband. They show her go over and kiss him. And my mom and I were like, they were married. Googled it and we were gooped and so I love that you brought that up and it makes me appreciate you so much more and it fueled my fire because I had to listen to her tell Derek Huff that she could not do the finale because it was too hard because of her relationship with Patrick Swayze and I was getting mad all over again but Um, I want it known the second note I took involves being sad that Jennifer Grey and Clark Gregg divorced this year like the second (laughs) note i wrote about this movie was about clark Gregg. good good so in conclusion dirty dancing is a movie that shaped my life i watched it far too young and i revisit it far too often and how young were you i would probably guess that i was like 10-ish or younger like oh yeah I, I had seen this movie by the time I was six years old for sure 
like I don't know for sure when I got introduced to it but like I watched it for a long time like it's been in my life for a very long time and I had assumed it was like a movie that all of my family loved and they all do like love it but I thought like oh we all know it so well and it turns out no we do not because my mom and I were watching and when Lisa is like walking over to Robbie's cabin my mom is like oh no he's gonna be in there with the other girl isn't he and I was like yeah that's common knowledge why are you questioning this right now um also it literally has a towel on the door I've never gotten over that detail that completely yeah. goes over her ditzy little head come on Lisa but yes <laughs> dirty dancing is just it's everything to me I will recreate that final dance as my first dance at the wedding my wedding I will make sure that Chris is my dance partner. I will push my husband to the side while Chris takes over and we will do the dance. <laughs> it's everything. I love it. And I can understand it needs more dancing in the second half of the movie. I completely agree with you on that. So, out of five... Watermelons. Um, out of five watermelons, how would you rate the dancing? in dirty dancing okay are we are we saying like is it as good as it possibly could be or that is like up true to, to character you. it is yeah. up to you up to interpretation okay because i will caveat patrick swayze notes like he pushed for more complicated and harder dance moves and he they specifically were like no because johnny's not as good of a dancer as you actually are like it's not true to his character for him to do those types of moves so he was like quote unquote held back with a lot of his moves because they didn't want Johnny to be as good as Patrick actually was. So with and that baby in mind, as how well, many Jennifer Grey is a very good dancer, but she had to pretend she was bad. So I will say for the assignment they were given in this film, five. Katie, how many watermelons? I'd give it four and a half out of five watermelons. I'm going to do the same because they just need more in the second half. And now... The, out of the question wasn't how much dancing it was the dancing. also also hot take i don't like the slow-mo shot where he jumps off the stage in the final dance i wish they didn't have the slow-mo shot anyway out of five wet shirtless patrick swayze's how do you rate dirty dancing i mean you already know my answer my review literally nine thousand him half naked wet and half naked was literally in the review katie how many wet shirtless patrick swayze's nine thousand amen sister i'm gonna go three and a half which i think is very nice of me it is very mm -hmm. nice of you okay uh, now that we've gotten through this we need to address the fact that christopher doesn't find patrick swayze attractive and that's something far more problematic than falling asleep during dirty dancing. Anyway, so Alex, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. Anything uh, you want to plug, how people can find you, if any of our listener uh, want to <laughs> keep up with you. I guarantee you none of the people listening to this know who I am unless I explicitly sent it to them. But <laughs> if... If my endearing, domineering personality interests you, 
<laughs> I'm very vocal and outspoken on my most actively used platform, Instagram, which is at the Alex Shreffo, which is all of my platforms actually. And I will be launching soon my own podcast that I've been talking about since March, but I promise it's coming called Moxie on Record, um, which will just be interviews with people with Moxie talking about life and things. And it will be very cool. And I have lots of cool friends to bring on and people I don't know that um, are interested in doing said interviews. So you can look out for that if you want to hear me ramble into a microphone about things other than Patrick Swayze's wet naked body. And she's who, Alex is who introduced us uh, because she was interested in podcasting things and has been talking about it. She's who got us with our sponsor, Anchor. So Yeah, I'm basically the executive producer of this podcast. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the reason this is happening. So before we do our like sign off stuff, Katie, is it time to reveal what's happening next week. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I don't even know. I so our know. So our last two I don't episodes even know how to like how to like exp- like I don't I literally don't even know how we would tease this. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to tee you up and Katie you're just going to announce it. Um <laughs> so this episode and our previous one were designed of what are dance movies that Katie and I both really enjoy for whatever reasons me i picked a movie based on yeah feelings about yes like i picked a movie that i love the dances of katie picked a movie that emotionally just does like everything for her so then we've just kind of been and we've talked about this on the pod we've talked about another movie very much about dancing it's supposed to very much be about dancing um we were like, here's a movie that gives us both feelings. Yeah. I've seen it four times. How many oh times have you seen it? I've seen it three times. And it is one of the greatest movie going experiences I've ever had. Ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, we are going to be talking about Tom Hooper's Cats 2019. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So if you want to watch it to be prepared for our very good in-depth conversation about it, um, it doesn't really seem like it's streaming anywhere. But you know what? If <laughs> if you just go into like a dream fugue state, <laughs> you will find what Cats is. So if you enjoyed this podcast as much as everyone enjoyed cats you can leave us a review on apple podcasts you can rate us um and of course recommend this to your friends if we can be found on any podcatcher you can also follow us on facebook at just meaningful plastic or on the twitter at jmp pod can i just advocate for you guys to make an instagram Alex, did you put her up to that? No, I didn't, and I'm just like, uh oh, we're gonna be at war. Did I just open a can of worms? Katie, (laughs) despite the Instagram mention, I love you and I like you. Chris, I hear you and I see you. Not on Instagram, and please stay tuned for this showing of Cats 2019.
I put the memory in the coat. And I put the coat on her! <laughs> <laughs>